Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with parenting coach Sue DeCaro about how to support our teenage kids when they are suffering with anxiety, whether at school, online, or at work. Sue is the founder of DeCaro Parent Coaching, and she's experienced her own challenging years raising her children, and through that process, recognized the need for parenting resources and support. Having successfully navigated almost every challenge imaginable, she offers her coaching expertise as well as compassion, understanding, and hope. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer, Sue. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you in this way. We've worked together now for a couple of years, I think, I don't know, two or three years. Uh, and I've been producing your podcast, your wonderful Conscious Parents Thriving Kids podcast, and you have just done so much to help families all over the world. So it's a true pleasure and honor to be sitting here with you today. Oh, thank you so much. Parenting has always been hard work, but it seems even more challenging than ever today. And there's just so much going on. We're in this fast paced world. It's stress filled, technology driven. We're on the other side of a crazy pandemic. Can you speak to how we can help our teenagers navigate through this and connect more deeply with them when so much is coming at them? Yes. I mean, I think the first thing is we have to understand that so much is coming at them. We often have expectations of who we want our children to be or how we want them to proceed, or we send them back to school after being home, you know, from the pandemic, and we expect them to just bounce back. And not all kids can do that. In fact, in my opinion, most can't just bounce back. So I really think the first step is seeing clearly where our children are in this moment. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now. So I don't think there's a child out there that doesn't have some level of anxiety, as do we adults. Some is manageable, some is just day-to-day -day practices that we have good coping skills to work with, and some is bigger and you know can show up in a uh, mental health type of format. But I think the more we as parents focus in on how our children are doing instead of what our children are doing, being with our parent, our, our children, you know, being with them wholeheartedly present and attentive, as opposed to what we sometimes find ourselves doing is nagging or pressuring or making sure things are getting done or telling them how it should be. So presence and awareness in each moment about where our children are and asking questions, curious questions is one of my favorite can help us to understand what we need to do and how we need to do it to support our children in a better way. Something stood out so much in, in your response, and that was to be mindful of how our children are doing instead of what they are doing. That is huge because we get on this parenting treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that they're getting to school on time. Are they getting to work? Are they getting to maybe they're involved in sports or band or something else? Um, there's all of these things do, 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 getting home for dinner, getting home on time from the party, blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> right? Right, right. right. We get lost in that. What are they doing? We do. And, you know, the sad thing is that you would have thought that the pandemic would have taught us that the slowdown process is beneficial. Right. I know in my world, you know, and, and granted, I do this work for a living, but I learned a lot about myself slowing down and I hold on to that. As families, as parents, you know, raising teenagers or children of any ages, it is really important to slow down, to continue the slowdown practice and pay attention to what our children need. And so in that, that means we have to connect with them. We have to be there with them and for them. And in the doing, 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 doing the hamster wheel of life and, you know, running our kids to practice and running them home and making sure they eat and get a bath and go to sleep and all of these things, we may not be connecting. And so I encourage parents to sit with your child. If your children are in the room and their door is closed, ask if you can join them and just be with them. You don't have to always have an agenda to figure out where they are and what's happening and what did they get on that test and how are their grades going to look and are they going to play in the next, you know, soccer match, but be with them, watching them, engaging with them in a silent type of format. And when we show up fully present for our children, that means we do not carry our phone around with us, (laughs) actually learn so much about them from them. We learn about ourselves too. And children are more apt to share and talk when they see that we are fully present, not checking it off our list and moving on to the next thing. And this takes a lot of patience. We have to be patient with ourselves that we're not going to get things done during these moments other than connecting, which is one of the biggest things we need to do. But it's not something on our list to check off. It's something that we need to practice every day, connecting deeply with our children. And it's such a gift. It's a gift for both of you, for, for you as the parent and for the child to, and, and even though they're teenagers and, and, and maybe they're even getting close to graduating and heading off to college or whatever, they need to know that they can just be with you, that it, that it isn't a, a competition or a milestone to reach that, you know, in order to get uh, approval or validation or love. It's just about who are, who are you today and what lights you up and what's, what's going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you brought something up in my mind about the fact that this is a confusing time for our teenagers. So, so many parents will come to me and say, but my kid pushes me away. Mm-hmm. But that's what they're supposed to do. The, the, the whole format of teenage years is to learn to find some independence, but it's a push-pull for our teens, which means it's a push-pull for our parents because in one moment, they're pushing you away because they think they should be doing this on their own. And in another moment, they may need you to make their lunch or you know something that seems like they should be doing it on their own. And I don't really care for that word should, but I'm no, using me either. Couple. Um, so when we as parents look at our children of this age group as really going through a confusing time and not looking at the fact that we're confused because do they need us? Do they not need us? When do they want us to jump in? When don't they? Right. No, 
if they knew they, you know, they would be able to navigate life so much easier. But because they're confused about their own independence and trying to navigate that place and mature and grow and figure out how to get through life's daily challenges, we have to be more present now than ever with patience. Yeah, yeah with we people. really do. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you, cut you yeah. off. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, just going to say with patience, I think that, that this confusing time causes a lot of anxiety for both our children and the parents, because we, we don't know how to support our kids. We think they should be doing things on their own. And, you know, the whole should sets us up for expectations that may fall. Yeah. Well, and we know I, in our research and, and paying attention to what's happening out in the world, uh, teenagers with anxiety, the numbers are up dramatically. Mm -hmm. And they were already on the rise before the pandemic. And now even more so. And there's young ones who are stressed out about and, and questioning whether they even want to invest in a higher education after high school. And, and I've had conversations uh, in my own home about the quote unquote, American dream, which seems impossible to many of these younger people and mm. how are they going to live and you know all of the anxiety and stress about oh my gosh you know as much as i want to get out of this house and get out get out on my own how am i going to do that as much as i want to go to this particular school uh, there's so much stress involved in the preparation for that and all of the testing and the money and all of the, all of those things that are kind of rolled together in in one space where they're supposed to know what to do and you know and i say that in in a kind of a snarky way because most of them don't know right they, they might think they have an idea uh but so we've got these huge huge anxiety numbers and young ones suffering with more and more every day and i'm just wondering in your practice how you've been working with parents to help their kids try to lower the amount of stress and anxiety that's showing up for them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point because the pressure cooker is, is external in society, in schools, you know, everywhere it's with peers as well as in our homes, mm -hmm. you know, the pressure cookers everywhere for these kids. And, you know, with COVID they lost some, some ground yeah. uh, academically and socially. And so many, many children, teens, I think, felt the pressure of, you know, the social world online and really looking more and more to that, which only creates more stress. And, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But I, I think as parents, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing is and, and working with parents to do more of worldwide is less focus on the academic side and more focus on the child in front of you. So seeing our children clearly is one of the most important things we need to do. And oftentimes we're seeing the child that we are expecting to raise. And you and I have had these conversations. And I know my, my oldest child, who I call my greatest awakener, really taught me that I needed to see her. She did not want to go to college. And I was insistent because, you know, yeah. that's the American dream. That's the way. And I thought that you have to do that in order to get out into the job market and, you know, make a living and be the best you can be. And she taught me, no, that's not her way. 
regardless of what she wanted to do, that's not her path. And I think this is, you know, this was a power struggle for us. And I think this is where parents get caught up oftentimes in the academic world, in the pressure cooker, in the expectation. What will people think if my child doesn't go to college or doesn't get good grades, or isn't on the best team or whatever our expectations are? These are our dreams for our children. So the more we can let go of our dreams, and I mean like a hot air balloon or you know helium balloons, just let them go in some sort of practice that serves us and start to focus more on what do our children wanna do? What lights our children up, like you so beautifully said? What, you know, if it's art, then let's follow that. If it's some sort of academics or science or what have you. Mm -hmm. But our children aren't here to live our agenda and our dreams for them. They're here to live out their authentic needs, their authentic interests. And it's not living in a pressure cooker. It's really finding their way with the support and the awareness of us as their parents. And I think three things really come to mind in practicing that this is seeing our children clearly, hearing them, hearing what they have to say and valuing what it is they say and who they are. And many children do not feel that way because, and again, this isn't to fault our parents, it's, it's the world we live in. We haven't been taught how to do this, but we as parents, of these expectations, just as our parents did and their parents, and you know, all the way back to many generations that children will do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just made me think of how many times I've heard different family members say uh, to my child that, uh, well, you're an artist, but how are you gonna feed yourself? Mm. How are you gonna make a living? What does that look like? What are you going to do? La, 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 la. Like just, you know. (laughs) Because we come with this agenda. Yeah. Is that an artist won't make any money. But what if an artist is super happy in their job? Right. Feeling the the love of everyday work. Right. They'll find a way. They'll find a way to, you know, get some food on the table. Yeah. Yeah. We we just kind of chuckle about it and and move on the best, you know, the best we can, because it's just a judgment. It's a point of view. It's, uh, it is what it is. And it's kind of like this worn out thing, uh, that this worn out stereotypical thing with, with artists and just in particular. Mm -hmm. So, but it happens, it happens with so many things, you know, there's so many things, you know, Oh, you mean your son's not going to be a doctor Oh, your daughter isn't following in your footsteps to, you know, be a, a therapist or psychologist or what have you. Right. And they're not here to follow our dream for them. They have to find their own path. And, you know, I, I, I think, as I said before, my, my oldest only, and I do mean only, does things the hard way. It would never be a path I would walk on because I'm a planner and I like to know. And she does everything the hardest way possible in every respect. And my job is to step back and and watch and support her with, you know, my words and my compassion and confidence in her that she'll find her way because that's her history. And that's how she does it. Not change her behavior because they don't suit me or they make me uncomfortable or concerned. I can be concerned, but I need to be concerned quietly in the background. 
and not let my fear and anxiety, you know, flow out, which is a very hard thing to do. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Have you ever been stuck focusing on problems or obstacles that are in front of you instead of trying to find solutions? That happens to me sometimes. And I think, how might that situation go better with a different mindset? I'm always checking in with my mindset. And it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. This is where a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. Having worked with BetterHelp in the past, I can tell you that I had a good experience. It was so nice to be able to share what I was stressed about with somebody who could be objective and listen and help me come up with some solutions to what I was dealing with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Slayer to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com Slayer. Right now, we've got this divided nation. I know we've got listeners all over the world. I'm speaking about United States right now, but I know that there's different conflicts and and different political positions everywhere. Mm -hmm. And these young ones are just like, their eyes are, you know, as big as saucers trying to figure out even, even what that looks like. And all of this mudslinging and, and divisiveness on top of what they're trying to figure out. I mean, it's no wonder they're feeling anxious. What, what, and that's the thing. So as their parents, to, to be with them, to see how they're doing, to be present, to do everything you possibly can to be mindful of the present moment with them, but also to teach them different ideas and strategies and tips and tools, things that they can do to bring themselves down to a more calming, sweet place, whatever that means. And and I'm sure you've got some some different suggestions on what parents can do. Absolutely. I I think as a parent, you first have to make sure that your anxiety, your fears, your, you know, whatever concerns um, are something that you're working well with, that you have coping tools first for yourself before you can help a child. Because, you know, parents will come to me and say, my my kid is so anxious. I mean, their anxiety is over the top. And we start to talk more about it. And the parent's anxiety is over the top. So we model for our children how we live our anxious life or how we don't or how we bring coping you know techniques and tools to ourselves and our self-care practices so whatever you are putting out there your child is seeing even if you're not sharing it with your child they're sponges they can feel it in the air so first my suggestion is for parents to start to look at their own anxiety and their coping skills and tools and Uh, self-care practices. So I'm a big fan of self-care. And I think we have to model that for our children in all sorts of ways. And by self-care, I mean, things that actually bring you energy every day. This is a practice for every day. I mean, yes, we do miss days, but if you can bring it to yourself as often as possible, it's going to help you 
manage your stress, your anxiety, your reactivity, everything about your life. And it's not just going to get a massage or getting your nails done or a haircut. It's about a practice that actually speaks to you and brings you energy. So for example, I am a competitive tennis player. I get on the tennis court and I do not think about anybody or anything, which mm. is really important for me because I work with people all over the world to leave that somewhere else. You know? Right. And, uh, and it's me, my racket and the ball and occasionally another person. Um, so these are practices that we have to develop for ourselves and finding what actually brings us that release, that energy, that joy. And it's selfless, not selfish, because we cannot take care of other human beings or be in their presence if we're not taking good care of ourselves and then expecting them to take care of themselves. So be the model for your children, not only in self-care, but also in coping tools. Talk about anxiety. It cannot be a secret. Right. It can be a taboo topic. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. It's not a dirty little secret. Um, people who suffer with anxiety are highly aware, incredible, magical beings. They feel and see and experience so much more. For sure. For sure. So talking about it gives our children the opportunity to know that it's a safe conversation and talking about how we've experienced anxious moments or anxious days, or, you know, maybe we have a really weighted thing on our shoulders that is bringing anxiety to us every day. And I think it's important when you share this with your children, that you also share what you're doing about it. And then you can open up the door to, you know, have you ever had an anxious moment? Be curious. What does anxiety look like to your children? You may see it, but you also want them to share it and feel comfortable sharing the things that make them anxious. And some of the techniques that I share with parents, you know, just to kind of name a few, meditation. Everybody always talks about meditation. I just want to be clear that it doesn't serve everyone. And meditation does not mean sitting, you know, for a half hour, perfectly still listening to some has to be defined in a certain way. It has to work for you. And if it doesn't, move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Big fan of music, journaling, body movements, physical activity, being out in nature, sitting and having a cup of coffee quietly, looking out the window and not with a phone or a to-do list. I think we have to give ourselves quiet time in order to reconnect with what's happening inside to be able to bring these coping tools to ourselves. Absolutely. So those yeah. are just a few. I, I think going for walks with our children out in nature can help not only get that body movement that is important for us, mind, body, soul, but to also open up the door for conversation. Oh yeah, because where I live, the I've got this beautiful forest behind me. A couple blocks away is Lake Michigan. There's all of the beauty of the trees and the wildlife and the colors and the textures. And you just can, you know, as soon as you step out the door, it's like this beautiful exhale and it opens up so much opportunity for conversation, for easygoing, beautiful connection. For sure. And our mm. absolutely need to connect deeper with us as Without we need to connect deeper with them. 
I'd love as we wrap up today for you to share the services that you offer to support parents who are struggling to navigate parenting challenges. Uh, sure. Thank you. I would be happy to. So I'm a worldwide life and parent coach. I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services to people, as I said, all over the world. Always tried to make time for whatever works for the parents that I'm working with. I also have some online courses. Very interesting. I am getting ready to record a course on anxiety, but I have a course called Transcending Your Triggers and one called Raising Respectful Listeners. And just so that you're not surprised, that's all about the parent. <laughs> right. Uh, because parenting is about us parents, not about the children in front of us. And so those are just a few of the things I offer. You can visit my website, suedecaro.com. And then you also have a free download as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean to be a conscious parent? Yes, that's through my parenting website, actually, DeCaro Parent Coaching. <laughs> a little confusing, but yes, what does it mean to be a conscious parent is a fantastic, in my opinion, download that really gives you some basic tools that you can work with on a regular basis. And it's easy, accessible, you know, not something that you have to study, but that you can try out and try on sure. uh, the more you read it. And, and that's what I'm all about, is meeting parents where they are and helping them in that moment to move forward with something different that is going to bring more peace, harmony, connection, you know, those types of things to the family. Parenting is very challenging. I've been, I've, I've been through the ringer, so <laughs> I know for sure. And yeah. I think the last thing, you know, I want to make sure parents know is be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself. It isn't easy. Every moment is a new moment to do differently. So mm. please, you know, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you, you know, yelled at your kids. You're human. Yeah. yeah. Human. Just repair it and move on. Apologize, take ownership and move forward. Oh, Sue, thank you so much for your time today. What a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Oh my gosh, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was parent coach Sue DeCaro. You can join Sue's mailing list and receive a free download of What Does It Mean to Be a Conscious Parent at DeCaroParentCoaching.com. You can also learn more about her upcoming offerings at SueDeCaro.com. <music>